Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Welcome, everyone. So glad you're here. As Nancy mentioned, we're using another book this month, How to Use the Science of Mind. It's one of those, well, I got to say it's an oldie, and unfortunately it's written in that old kind of style of writing, but it's also a goodie, and it's a, a great book as an introduction to the teaching of science of mind. In fact, let me just read the promise here from the foreword because I think that you'll be pleased with this idea that we're going to be using these themes for the month. He says, there is a power for good in the universe available to everyone, and you can use it. This book teaches you what this power is, how it works, and how you can use it to help yourself and others. If you will accept the simplicity of its statements and follow the instructions given in the examples of how to use this power, you will find yourself engaged in the greatest spiritual experience of your life. Faith not only lays a hold of a power which actually exists, it causes this power to respond as though it were a law of good working exclusively for you. So I think we're going to have some fun this particular month. But I do want to start off with this idea of what is a spiritual law? You know, a lot of times uh, we bandy around some of these phrases like the law of attraction, or I think Nancy mentioned the law of cause and effect. Like, what is a spiritual law anyway? And why is it called that? It sounds... Uh, I don't know, kind of made up and weird. Uh, what, what's that about? And so what is a spiritual law? Well, it really works the same way that traffic laws or natural laws work. So whether you're talking about the third law of thermodynamics, which describes how heat dissipates in the world, whether you're talking about making a left turn at a traffic light, laws really are there and are called that for a series of reasons. First of all, they apply to everyone. I wish traffic laws didn't apply to me, right? Wouldn't it be nice if everybody else had to follow traffic laws? But you no, know, I can see there's no one coming. I'll just go through this red light. Wouldn't that be handy? But no, laws apply equally to everybody. They're also predictable. The third law of thermodynamics is always going to be doing that. For those of you who are not physics buffs, the third law of thermodynamics simply says that in a closed system, heat will tend to dissipate. So if you have a, a hot cup of coffee sitting in your room, it will get cooler with time and the ambient temperature of the room, although only very slightly, will raise up. So in a closed system, the heat will tend to evenly disperse. Now, I don't think that you can avoid that law, right? It's just going to happen. Have you ever known a cold coffee cup to simply spontaneously heat up? Not so much. So that law is always working. It's always measurable, too, which is another characteristic. In fact, the traffic enforcement people have begun measuring me with photographs. Have you noticed that uh, when you pull up to a stoplight these days, you can see a variety of cameras as they're measuring my compliance with that, those particular laws. So, so the other thing about laws, whether they're spiritual, whether they're traffic laws, whether they're natural, laws, they're usually measurable. You can usually attribute exactly how that law works. And then finally, finally, 
The other characteristics of a law is that once you know how it works, you can use it to your advantage. So again, back to traffic laws, it didn't take me very long to figure out that the traffic lights are in generally synced up. And if you go at just the right speed, uh, so, so believe it or not, I actually live on MLK. Well, it turns into McLaughlin Boulevard eventually, but really it's a completely straight shot from my house to this parking lot. And if I go exactly 22 miles per hour, I do not, see, I've learned how that particular law as it applies to the traffic lights work. Well, I'm here to tell you that spiritual laws are just as predictable, just as useful. You can use them, anyone can use them, and they're even measurable. And I'm going to use a couple examples today, but I think it's time for my joke. So a motorist was caught in an automated speed trap that measured his speed using radar and photographed the car. He later received in the mail a ticket for $320 and a photo of him sitting behind the wheel of his car. Well, the motorist was a little ticked off by this new radar system, thought he'd fight fire with fire. Instead of payment, he sent the police department a photograph of $320. <laughs> Well, several days later, he received a reply from the police department that, that contained a copy of that $320 ticket and another picture, this time a picture of handcuffs. <laughs> so can we break these laws? I want to use an example, and it's one of the science of mind or spiritual laws that we don't talk about all the time. It's called the law of vibration. And what it simply says is that everything is always in motion, that everything has a vibration about it. And colloquially, in fact, we talk about the idea of a good vibe or a bad vibe, right? What, what people are putting out. But it also refers to the idea that even at the smallest molecular level, everything is moving, everything is changing. And this reminds us that we don't always get to have the world locked down the way we would like it. And I think the biggest example that I can think of is what we've gone through over the last couple years, right? Remember when the pandemic first hit, most of us did what? Most of us were in a kind of denial about it. Most of us were kind of pissed off. We were afraid. We were listening to the dire reports of what was going on, as we should. But most of us did not want to change. Most of us wanted to somehow manage to do all the things we love to do in the same old ways that we love to do them. And did you notice how breaking this law, this law, if you will, this idea of things in motion, this idea of change just being endemic, did you see all the outliers? The people whose lives were totally messed up because of it. People who exploded in shopping carts because they were asked to wear a mask and they were firmly committed to not, they did not want to see that change in their life. They wanted things to be the way they always were. And when people bucked that particular flow of life, what it mostly did was bring them discomfort and pain. And so what we've learned, though, over time, haven't we, is to adjust to these changes. 
Most of us have learned still how to express ourselves, still how to be out in the world, still how to be doing a good time, be authentically who we are, and at the same time we've learned how to be safe in doing it, given these changes that are out in the world. So many of us, rather than resisting the law of vibration, have learned to flow with it, have learned to to do our best to still be authentically who we are, to enjoy ourselves, to be out in the world, and at the same time, to be in relative safety. This is the law of vibration. And what it basically says is, everything is moving. And if you try to lock life down, if you try to not have any changes, what will typically happen is that you will suffer. So, so back to the beginning, I promised, right, the idea that once we learn how a law works, we can actually use it to our advantage. And I'll use a great example of this. So, so the Christmas before, well, we were already into the pandemic slightly when that first Christmas came up. And my partner, Daniel, was given a lovely gift of money, $5,000, from his father, so we were thinking about this. We really didn't need the money to you know, pay bills or things like that. And we were thinking about pandemic, pandemic. Where is the world going with this? Right? So we were thinking about this flow, this new vibration, this set of changes upon us. And we asked each other, what are people who are trapped at home for long periods of time likely to need and want. I got to tell you, he made an investment in Amazon.com stock and in Apple computer stock, and within six months it doubled. His $5,000 investment was worth $10,000 in less than six months. Simply because he recognized the vibration was different, that things were in motion, right? And for a lot of us, a lot of us would have been too afraid, I think, to make that, right? We were thinking about what's going to happen. This isn't the time for investments. I need to like put the money under the bed for a bad day, right? And that's that resistance that's pulling in, that's being fearful, that's closing our heart. And instead, he said to himself, how is the world changing? What is this change? And can I actually use the notion that there will be changes and can I anticipate what they are? It was fabulous. It truly was fabulous. So my, my homework assignment this week, you, you know I, I, I love to assign a bit of homework. And my question to you this particular week is, how is the law of vibration in play in your own lives right now. It's one of those laws of mind. It's one of those, uh, those things that just is the way it is, and we can be in resistance to it. We can want to keep our lives exactly as they are, or we can notice that our lives, even our bodies, right, are changing, and maybe there is something more appropriate, some new way, some forward-thinking way of moving through some of the challenges and opportunities that are here for us now. I'd like you just to examine your own lives for, for that idea of, are there places in my lives where I'm trying to force things not to change? 
And I'll throw out just some examples. One that's really common is for families when the kids are getting ready to move on into their their new lives, right? And and don't we as parents want things? No, I, I don't want things ever to change. I'm fearful that once they're out of the house, I'll just lose them forever. Another thing that's really common as people get older, they want their lives to be exactly the same. And yet, their energy levels and sometimes their bodies are not capable of the same level of activity that they did. And yet, I still remember my mom clinging to this idea of needing and wanting to do everything by herself. It was unnecessary and it caused her a lot of trouble, right? She did not have that sense of, wait a minute, my life is different now. I can express it differently now. I don't have to keep things the way they are. I can actually flow in a positive way with this. Okay, so if you break the law, what happens? Well, if you break a traffic law, right, you're going to get a ticket in the mail. If you try to break the third law of thermodynamics, what's going to happen? You're going to burn your tongue on coffee that's too hot, right? You didn't allow the heat to disperse long enough. And I got to tell you, If you try to break one of the spiritual laws or ignore it, you too will suffer because of that. Ultimately, you cannot have a changeless life. And I I have to remind myself of this too, because for those of you who know me, uh, you know that there are certain things that I like to have them my way, (laughs) right? And I don't think I'm quite a control freak, at least I hope not. You can touch bases with me later and let me know if I'm wrong on that. Uh, But there are things that I wish they would go a certain way. And I have to keep reminding myself, well, sometimes circumstances change. Sometimes my life is simply going to be different no matter what I do about it. But can I recognize the directions it's headed in? Can I see for myself what's happening? Can I notice that the population is going to be indoors a lot more? And what are they going to be doing like my partner Daniel did with his investment? Can I see that as I grow older, I don't have to become a different person, but yet my life may have different patterns in it, more suitable to my level of energy and my desires for satisfaction? Can I see that just because maybe my children are getting ready to leave home and start their own lives out in the world, can I see that that isn't a diminishment of me? And can I figure out how to be a new kind of parent, not a a parent of people at home, but more of a friend and a confidant as a parent as kids go out into the world? These are the kind of life changes that if we try to lock them down, simply bring suffering. And yet, if we can ride that wave, if we can understand how things are heading, oh my gosh, the opportunities that we have for even greater expression are there for us. Well, I want to summarize a couple of things today. First of all, you'll remember in the introduction to the book that Ernest Holmes says there's a power for good in the universe. It's available to everyone and you can use it. Remember that these spiritual laws, all of them represent a power for good. They're not here to punish us. They're not here to to somehow, um, you know, send us the red light 
photographs in the mail and, and punish us, right? They simply exist as a law of good. And when we follow the law, when we understand it and begin working it, more good shows up in our life. So spiritual laws are like all laws. They're predictable. They apply to everybody. They're measurable. You can see them happening. And when you understand them, you can use them. If you break the law or ignore it, there will be consequences. Just as when we break any law, things will not turn out the way you had hoped. The other thing, have you ever noticed too, and this has happened a couple times in my life, occasionally you will break a law and you're totally ignorant of it, right? I still remember the very first time we were hanging out a lot down at the beach in Tillamook. And apparently one of the ways they were making a, a fair amount of money down there, they had some speed signs that were, that were relatively hidden. So they would get you down to like 20 miles an hour, but, but the sign would be behind a bush and you'd sort of be beyond it before you realized it. And oh my gosh, both Daniel and I racked up speeding tickets. We were going like 27 miles an hour through Tillamook, right? We were ignorant of the speed limit. It didn't mean that we didn't get a ticket. So ignorance of these spiritual laws, unfortunately, you will still feel the pain. So this month, we're going to learn some more of them. In fact, I was so happy to, to see my friend Barbara Wust here. She's going to be here next Sunday. G give a little wave there, Barb. My friend, uh, Reverend Barbara. Yeah, so glad you were here today. What a treat. She's going to be telling you more about the power of your word, that idea that our thoughts become things. And she'll talk more about that as one of the other spiritual principles, one of those laws at work next week. I, I know we're going to look forward to that. So you have your homework. Let me read a final quote from the book, and of course we'll do a prayer. So he says, the spiritual practitioner, so we'll consider all, all of ourselves spiritual practitioners, the spiritual practitioner is in an identical position with any other persons who uses a law. Everyone expects to comply to the law if they hope to use them. The law of mind demands, by its very nature, that we affirmatively believe in and follow its operation. It would be useless to argue why this is so, just as it would be useless to argue why there is a law of gravitation, right? It just works. A practitioner is one who uses this law for themselves and for others. They use it definitely, consciously, and actively. Experience will teach that implicit confidence and faith in these laws are the chief requirements for their effective and prosperous use. Let us pray. There is one power, one presence, one life, one goodness. There's only this one thing, this one thing that I call God. And what I know about God is that it is present everywhere, in every life, in every situation. This law, this God, this set of principles is here. And so for this week, I know that as we move about our world, we're, we're open to the idea of change. We're open to the idea of the law of vibration that says from one minute to the next, things will be different, sometimes in small ways, sometimes in large ways, but always different. And so I express a willingness on behalf of all of our parts 
to see those changes, to anticipate them, and to even use them to our advantage, to see how the world being different can be a good thing, to see how this law of good can be put to good use in our own lives. I give thanks for this. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. What a pleasure to have you with us today. Now is our time of conscious contribution. I invite you to take out your gift or your tithe, whatever it is you brought to share with us today. If you'd like, you can uh, place it over your heart and just repeat after me. Graciously, I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. Would the ushers please begin receiving the gifts? And for those of you online, you can go to our website at cslportland.org slash donate. Thank you so much. I also want to remind you about prayer opportunities. Uh, so we have 12 licensed practitioners here, and truly, it's our honor to be in prayer for you. And you don't have to be here to do a prayer request. We have online prayer requests. The bottom of all of our website pages is a link for making a prayer request. It's automatically emailed to all of our practitioners. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.